Hello and welcome to the first Brothers of the Fiat podcast, a production of John Paul the Great Catholic University here in Escondido, California. I am, my name is Alec Williams. I am co-founder of the Brothers of the Fiat fraternity, and I'm here with my fellow brother, Julian Rosales. How are you today, Julian? I'm doing well, Alec. Thank you for having me on your podcast. You're welcome. Well, it's our podcast, man. It's the yes, Brothers. Yes. Yeah. I'm just, I'm leading it today. Um, Julian, give us give us a little uh, a background about yourself. You're from LA or close to LA, correct? Yes, um, I'm I'm in LA. Yeah, I'm from specifically Gardena, and it's a nice area. Um, I don't. It's um, it's like fifteen or twenty minutes away from the beach, so it's it's a nice. Um, it's always nice to have the beach nearby whenever we want to go. You know, the beach is there. Oh, I if I had the choice, I don't think I'd ever leave California just because of the beach. And I've heard like other beaches are okay in other places, like yeah. I don't know, maybe like Hawaii. But I I just we're really blessed with the ocean. It's yeah, like, it's awesome. And it's crazy to meet people here at school who uh, who don't know like or have never been to the ocean, right? And like they see it for the first time. It's yeah. like what? This is your first time? Like you didn't grow up with this? It's just sort of interesting for me. Um, yeah, cool. So you're from, what part of LA are um, you from? I guess like it's known as like the southwest portion of LA. Okay. It's more, it's not in the in the big city like Downey or like, um, like, or like, um, it's like 10 minutes south from, from like, from Hawthorne or yeah like Hawthorne I don't know if you know that area I think I've heard of it Hawthorne N- neighboring cities are like Hawthorne Torrance yeah nice well cool and you you're, you you come from a maybe I don't know if it's big for Catholic families but a, a big family for like average families I guess like average American families uh, how many siblings do you have again? Um, I always lose track like, I always have to, like, recount them when people ask me, but I think it's, like, six or seven. You think it's six or seven? Or eight, something like that. That might change day to day? Yeah, that okay. might change. Okay, all right, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Huh. I don't know if it's, like, I only have two. Oh. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'll, like, forget about one for, like, an hour. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the other one. It's a little different. But, um, okay, Julian, today we are talking about the Mass. Yes. The Mass, the Holy Mass of the Catholic Church. Um, my first question for you is, what is what was your experience with Mass growing up? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Were you ever bored? Did you ever have any questions? Go ahead. Mass? Um, well, I remember going to Mass with my grandparents and my parents. Um, since we were very close, we would always go to Mass together. Sometimes we would arrive there, like, at... This is when I was, like, five or seven years old. And we would arrive to Mass, like, like where the... Near, nearly to, like, the homily. I mean, not the homily, the... The the gospel. Gospel reading. And, you know, it's pretty bad. And I didn't, like... I was, like, very young, and I didn't really know the significance of the Mass. And so, I just got bored. I just didn't really like going to Mass. Yeah, like... Sometimes I would just play around with people's feet when they were kneeling. Um, 
And then one time I got in trouble by my parents, but God, I, I didn't didn't know that much. Mostly because like, like we weren't, we would just go to Sunday mass and that was it. But eventually, as I started getting older, um, just going to parent, just going to mass with my parents um, at Maria Regina. That's where we used to. Um, that was that was like that's like our parish, and and so we would go there and we would start to get a little bit more closer. Um, but not as much. It was just mostly just going to mass, and you know, that's it. But we would we would be there like on time. We would because my dad always likes being some at places be on time or before. So, and so, eventually my, I still didn't really like. It. I didn't understand it. it. Like, um, I remember when they asked me to be. It was that during that time period. I think it was mostly we went to church because. Uh, because of my first communion mm -hmm. and so like, we had to go and but eventually like my parents started to learn a little bit more they always had that um, notion of God in their life and they always looked up to him it's just that like we I guess it, it's not, it wasn't as strong as it is right now and so there was always yeah and so eventually my um I, they asked me to my parents wanted me to be an altar servant and I didn't like it either but but eventually I just started like no no just giving in to the Lord and understand and learning little by little um, like the importance of the mass after watching um, this movie called El Gran Milagro I don't know how you say it in English um, Gran, can you say it one more time in Spanish? El Gran Milagro El Grand Milagro. Yes. And right that I, I in English I'm not sure I forget the name but it's also in English it's it's an animated movie and it explains like the come up the components of the mass. Oh, cool. And and they it's a it's a story it was like two people, um, they, they're not they they have God, like at the very bottom of their lives, but they don't, like. They don't. They're not. They're not as close. Eventually, they through their problems, they end up going. They're like guided by a guardian angel to go to mass, and the guardian angel tells them every like, like, like the like what the confessions mean, what they're doing, the what the priest does when he's consecrating, and and like how it vividly looks in the eyes of someone like God or someone that's in heaven. We can't really see all of. The things that happen during mass like all when but it's a really good movie and so that kind of helped me understand a little bit more wow what the mass is about that's that's really cool is that like a popular movie would you say or is it more lesser known i think it's a popular movie i, I think nice under the in like mexican catholic circles i think so yeah okay yeah, I, I want to check that out now. The El Grand Mira Milagro. Milagro. I spelled like, that wrong. In okay. English, it translated the Grand Miracle. Um, but I think it has mm -hmm. a... I'm not sure if it has a different name. I think it's I think it's the same thing. The, the Grand Miracle, I think. And that really helped you uh, come to understand on a deeper level what's really going on in the mass. Yes. Wow, that's awesome. I um, Yeah, and I like what you said. I That's something I wanted to talk about, too, is the, the invisible... The, like the invisible elements of the mass is 
of the mass, the things we can't sense, right, with our senses, but what's really going on um, from Revelation, like what we know about what's really the spiritual reality of the mass, the things that are veiled to us. Um, and the goal, right, of like the liturgy is to draw the congregation into the sacrifice, um, into the spiritual reality of what's going on, right? Jesus in the Eucharist, um, and also like the angels, right? The angels singing, uh, praising, incensing, right? Around the altar. Um, yeah, those things we can't see, but the things we uh, can man- meditate on and believe to be true um, through faith. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, and so the, the liturgy, right? It's designed to be beautiful and um, sort of otherworldly, right? Like you, yeah. you go into Mass and I think, I think it should like feel like a different world. Like you've, you've left normal life and you've entered into something yes. different and mysterious mm-hmm. and beautiful. Um, so yeah, did you, so you watched that film, El Grand Milagro, um, and then you returned to mass and was it like sort of new eyes? Did you, did you like what you were seeing at mass now? Um, yeah. So yeah. Okay. I returned and yeah, I saw everything much more differently. And apart from that, my parents would be like, well, you're not just, you're not serving for the people you're serving for God. And so, and it's just. The priv- it became more of a, a privilege than like a sacrifice and eventually yes I, I did fall in love into altar serving and and it, um, I was probably like an altar server right right before I left or right before COVID hit because that's when I that's right before I came to the school to yeah. John Paul the Great but um, and how long have you been altar serving now then if it was right before did you start right before COVID altar serving um, no, I started when I was like right after I made my first communion. I think I was like twelve, I think, or I wasn't. Actually, I made my first communion like in fifth grade, I think. So, so yeah, like eleven, twelve. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you're still ultra serving here at school too. Yeah. So it's been. How old are you now? Yeah, I'm twenty. You're twenty. Yeah. Oh yeah, you just turned twenty, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. So. Eight nine years yes. serving, mm-hmm. nice. And what do you what do you especially enjoy about serving? What have you, um, you're well, you're putting it. Yeah, I I like how you're reminded by your parents that it's it's God first, right? Yeah. It's not like you, putting on a performance or, um, or right specifically like, focusing on the the people there, but it's. Well, the priest, right? You're primarily there to assist the priest in the sacrifice, but um, but right, your service is like consecrated in a sense to God. Yes. Um, but yeah, could you could you speak a little bit more about like, um, your takeaways from serving? What you what you like about ultra serving? Yes. Um. Um. I I really like that the fact that we can like assist the priest and like. No, he's supposed to represent Jesus, and even when he's consecrating, like I, I get to be the, the closest to him when he's consecrating. It's just a big privilege. I also like to be able to, you know, like hold the chalice and take, like, give it to the priest, and it's just very. I don't know. It's a 
it's a great experience and um, it's just very sacred and not that many people have the opportunity to do such a thing yeah it's very intimate you're like you're so close yes whereas before typical well, i guess it depends on like if you're in a lay ministry that also involves like being very close right but yeah i think like for a long time the tradition was it was like only like through altar serving could you go up like where the priest was and right hold the patent and do all these mm-hmm. special things and so i think it, it is a beautiful calling and did did you find it challenging at all like altar serving were you like um were there like different positions you moved up in as altar server like would you do different things yeah um the first time i just helped them wash the priest's hands and eventually since there weren't weren't that many servers at the time or actually there, there were but maybe the most challenging part was like the cross holding the cross because it would have to um i guess at the time it was like the most i don't know it just felt very like nerve-wracking to to hold the cross across the whole like to bear bear the cross yeah yeah. <laughs> like, yeah a lot of weight huh yeah yeah i interesting physically and eternally is <laughs> <laughs> it heavy too yeah spiritually and physically yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty like were you struggling with that is it or um just like or not, not not that much it's just I just, I just feel like it was a little bit more difficult to walk um, like across mass with it and like everybody like because usually like they most of the center is on the on Jesus and so you have all of these people like looking towards your direction right because you're holding that yeah the image of Christ crucified yeah it is a big weight I think like a good thing in serving is to like I feel like I feel like servers can sort of get like lost in the duties a little bit like they just think only about their roles and like I don't know yeah like there'll be a lot of like jobs they have to do things like carrying the cross and like there is pressure right and so you're thinking about that thing um I think a pitfall for servers is like being too focused on the thing and not so much the service of God right um at least that's my experience where I'm just very focused on like doing everything right, correctly, working on the principles. And um, and maybe servers are, I think they should do that. Servers should like be principled and like good at, at serving, mm-hmm. but they should always like remember like what's, what's going on, what the mass is. And the reason they are so focused on what they're doing is because it is sacrifice right yeah so were you ever afraid as an altar server do you ever experience fear yeah yeah at the beginning at the beginning yeah yeah Yeah. i don't know that sort of transitions maybe i'll transition to the topic of the different forms of the mass right because there's the new mass which is what you grew up with i assume yes me me too yeah so i i think i first served yeah i first served the new mass grew up with the new mass and um and yeah, I, it was scary the first time just starting. Mm-hmm. And then I got to experience that that fear again as I was learning to serve the Latin Mass, which is, um, is you know, it's different in a lot of ways. Like the, the oh, ceremony yeah. itself is 
it's very different. You have to learn Latin, which is oh, yeah. <laughs> a little yeah, it is very a little intense. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, I sort of like experienced that fear again, and it was really interesting. I was like, you know, we approached the Lord with like trembling, yes. like with awe, right? Mm-hmm. As we're approaching the Eucharist, like that that fear can be like a very healthy thing, like that trembling, but at the yes. same time you're striving towards that love, right? The, yeah. the love of God. God loves you so much that he makes himself present in the Eucharist for you to receive. Mm-hmm. And you believe that more and more or less and less, but hopefully more and more if you're working, right? Yeah. Working at it. Um, so what's... And I, I, I think I understand that you started going to the Latin Mass recently. Yes. You I, began to. And what's your, what's your takeaway from the Latin Mass? Um... It's, it seems very, like, not trying to say, like, um, that the Novus Order Mass is not that good, but I'm, I'm not trying to say that, but just, because it's, you're, in both of them, you're both, you know, Jesus, God is present in both of them. He's, it's like, the, the Holy Sacrifice is being occurred in both of them. Mm-hmm. It's just that in Latin Mass, everything seems more, like, like, with more respect, it seems, everything seems more, like, you're, trust you're giving god the dignity of like more because of due to the um due to the the like the roles that the priest does and um like being able to to um, follow along with a book being able to follow along with the prayers and like reading everything that the priest has to say and um like it's very not only does you do you learn a lot more like the, it's not only is it is it like a bigger takeaway, but it's just it's just you you get to devote yourself a little bit. It's easier to devote yourself more in the Latin Mass in a way that you can follow along every single prayer and just novice order. It can be very distracting since there's not that much input from the community when the holy sacrifice. It's it's um it's supposed to be a, like a communion of both. And it's not just the priest that is doing something, but it's, you know, it's communion. Yeah. Would you say that the Latin Mass is, focuses more on, like, the personal relationship between you and God? I think so. I think it's more centered on the person and God. Yeah. And and you said, um... To the how you can follow along with the with, in like the missile right with oh, the yes. side by side translation, yeah. I think how I was first introduced by my older brother was um, he just sort of like threw me in. He was like, okay, I'm not gonna like tell you exactly what's going on. It's just like you know it's the mass, it's same mass, right? Same sacrifice. Yeah. But just sort of like sit and just sort of like take it all in, and so I did that, and yeah, I was a little confused. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, I was, yeah, confused, maybe a little unsure, but, uh, at the same time, very attracted to, like, how it's sort of, how it's mysterious. Like, just sort of not knowing, but knowing at the same time. Yeah. It's cool. And it made me, it also made me interested to, like, explore other rites, too, as well, because the church has so many rites, and, um, but specifically the ancient forms of the rites. Like, right now, I really like the Latin Mass because I don't know I think a way to describe it is like 
it treats the mass as serious business yes. generally right like mm-hmm. you can go to your latin mass parishes and you like you sort of see that continuity whereas if you go to like um diocesan parishes with the new mass you can sort of encounter like i don't know it just seems not so serious more distractions yeah um that's generally and some but some parishes do it really well we're like the community is very serious about what's going on, and the priest is as well. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that. I That's sort of what I'm into. That helps me draw, um, to focus more on the mysteries of the Mass, like this, the invisible things mm-hmm. that's going on. That's sort of, that's been my recent experience. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Um, I think the last thing I want to bring up is here at the school, daily mass is offered every day. Mm-hmm. Yet, um, I don't know, definitely not everyone who attends this Catholic school shows up for daily mass. Yeah. And, I don't know, that's a little disheartening. Yes. On one, on one point. Well, what, what do you have, do you have anything to say about that? I'll leave it to you. Um, yes, I, I do think that's very, like, um, very sort of unfortunate since like like as Catholics you know we should we should really integrate our whole selves we should really devote ourselves to God and, and in the way it's through the holy sacrifice that God um, puts all of his himself in, into and I think it would be good to have like to be able to like get all of the JP students and like give them like testimonies of of how 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 the Eucharist is very very sacred like I remember or one one thing that really changed us into like maybe leading into Latin mass and to into learning a little bit a lot, a lot more about God and like value valuing the holy sacrifice is um when we went to Mexico there's a priest over there that we like to go to and first masses and the, the nun he, he that priest had um had a miracle where the where the holy Eucharist turned like into blood um and so then it was not his his nut like the nun at that at that place she's the one that told our family about it and she said um that priest always wanted a miracle to happen and so when they were at, it was at a retreat and they were celebrating the holy sacrifice and um they were distribute dis- distributing the the host to the people and um i think it was um the nun i think it i don't remember if it was the nun or the priest i think it was the nun but she tried to pick it up because it was on her on her on her plate uh, and uh yeah saboria or yeah sometimes they have like bowls i don't know what those are called but yeah yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so she tried to pick it up oh actually to, to like get to tell the father but it's, um she, she couldn't and so for some reason when she tried to pick it up it would like it would her hand would like push all the way down and so the priest had to come and he picked it up and he um he put it in its proper place like he but is that like back in the tabernacle or what do you mean what do you do with that uh, I, i'm not sure where they put it okay but um, but yeah, it was very impressive how, how like it, for um, 
it's a very life-changing experience for the people out where there and for the priests because it's just like a it's just a, a symbol that god gives to them like how how present he is how holy it the holy sacrifice is and so that people can take it more seriously and the fact that the nun can like lift it up even though she's consecrated like it also still is like maybe maybe like it's so it's so special that maybe only a priest should be able to like like give com give the holy communion to people and it was just very eye eye opening for us because to hear this testimony and it just made me value it even more than what I had so I I think testimonies that are able to touch people's hearts will be able to possibly make them understand and maybe go to daily mass and if they heard more like messages yeah like that yeah I you come to be nourished right that's what our chaplain Father Sarkas always says yes you come to be nourished strengthened and healed I think there's a lot of truth to that you're healed by uh, the homily right the the practical you know the interpretation of the liturgy of the word but then also like how we ought to live right you're hearing that from the pulpit or uh, or just from Father Sarkas he moves around he's not held back by the pulpit um, and then yeah the and the Eucharist is right the greatest gift we can receive it's something like you know only only Catholics well I guess in like all the Christian denominations no one really claims uh, the real presence that is only symbolic in John's gospel right yeah. only a symbol this is my body um, or at the last supper um, and and you're saying that like hearing these stories these Eucharistic miracles right that that reminds the nuns and the priests and the faithful as well this is this is something that needs to get shared these stories with yeah with other students mm -hmm. yeah I really like that idea actually like presenting or like having presenters talk about Eucharistic miracles or yeah like, maybe invite some people who yeah. have experienced Eucharistic miracles invite people or even have like a gallery I remember at St. Mary's yeah they had yeah. a gallery where they um, displayed all of the Eucharistic miracles that happen across the world and it's just it's they're they're all very great stories and they they're very life changing. Yeah, they're they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like they, I remember one like someone tried to steal the oh, Eucharist yeah. like and it, he was running with it and it flew out of his hands like just yeah. like like imagine like a it's like whoa yeah and then it's crazy too like these malicious people also get converted they they try to do something really evil. And sometimes they can succeed, but then other times they're stopped and then are also converted by the miracle. So it's like... Yes. And then that story spreads, right? And converts many others or reminds them at least. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Eucharistic miracles. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Any, any final statements, Julian? Closing statements? Um, just thank you guys for listening and I hope you guys um, were able to pull something from this and yeah the, the Holy Eucharist is very it's very precious and hopefully none of us can like take it for, take it for granted or 
just or not or just forget about it because it's very very special and on uh, would you like to close us in prayer yes forgot to open us I'm sorry but you can close us close us out in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen. Amen thank you God for this day that you've given us for allowing us to to learn more about you to for allowing us to be to be able to talk about you and because thank you for um, for we are well spiritually and and that we are healthy we ask you Lord that you please protect us and keep and help help us learn more about you and please confirm your strength in us and guide us today and always Hail Mary full of grace the Lord is with thee Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and ever shall be, world without end. end. Amen. Amen. Holy, Holy Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Mother of God, pray for us. All the angels and saints of heaven, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Julian, thank you. Thank you, Alec.